Warning, the following program contains adult language, adult themes, and spoilers. Viewer discretion is advised. Good evening and welcome to this week's episode of This Week's Episode. I'm your host, Evan Goldstein. With me, as always, is the wonderful Karen Randazzo. Do you like crackers with peanut butter? (laughs) And the amazing Chris Randazzo. Wow, you look like a whore. (laughs) We here on this week's episode talk television. This is episode 120 for the week of April 5th. This week, I got to choose and I chose Cougar Town, season one, episode one, The Pilot, otherwise known as Back When the Title Made Sense. But... Before we get into that, here's your weekly reminder that you can get in touch with us at mail at geekade.com. Tell us what we're doing right. Tell us what we're doing wrong. Help us. There's a lot of TV out there. Tell us what we should be watching. Actually, I'll tell you what you're doing wrong. You're pronouncing it Cougar Town when its proper name is Cougarton Abbey. <laughs> uh, we'll get into that. Um, just help us out because there's a lot of TV out there and we want to avoid the crap. So, I... I fell into another rewatch of this show. I forgot how much I enjoyed this show. We never finished this show. I, I, I don't think I have either because, you know, do like pulling up the IMDb, there were six seasons of this show. Yeah, we went through the first five. We never watched the last season. Because like, so, this moved from network to TBS. Yeah. And oh. I think when it moved, we didn't have cable. Yeah, we didn't have access to TBS. We had like, uh, we had like basic bitch cable. Okay, which is like you know cable with a pumpkin spice latte, <laughs> and uh, we did not have TBS in our plan. And it it fell off from TBS. Didn't it like twice? Like they weren't sure if it was coming back. Then it came back, and then they begged people to bring it back. And that was when I think the when it, we thought it was done was before it was picked up. It was picked up by TBS. It was uh, like, yeah, we're done with this show. And then TBS was like, no, you're not. <laughs> Guess what? Well, and that's, you know, it's funny that, like, you say Cougarton Abbey. I say when the title makes sense. Like, if you just watched this episode, the title of the show makes sense. Yeah. But I'm going to, what was it, like, episode six? <laughs> It became the cul-de-sac crew. Was it even six episodes before this show turned into scrubs in a cul-de-sac where nobody works? Right. And she, and she uh, Jules, throws money around like it's going out of style. Like, it's impressive how much money this woman has. And she's a, a, a real estate agent, I think, yeah. or broker. This show doesn't take place in reality. Not even close. <laughs> Definitely not. Uh, um, I did watch a couple of episodes but the the first one, like I kind of like I really enjoyed the whole show, like the the, the multiple seasons, and I had, it was a lot of fun. I'm kind of curious as to what this show could have been if they stuck with this. You know, <laughs> I'll tell you what it could have been canceled. <laughs> <laughs> you think so? Oh, I think so. I don't. I don't think this. I think the reason this show moved on so quick is because this. This whole theory of, you know, just like, let's let's do a show about cougars. I don't know. I don't think it had legs. Mm. And, I mean, this is... All right, so you, you got to preface this, like, because this, this was a big deal 
when this show came out, so many people didn't watch it because it was called Cougar Town, right. because it was about that. Mm-hmm. And what most people didn't realize is that you know I wasn't making a joke earlier. This show is Scrubs with a different set of characters Absolutely. and no jobs. Like same showrunner. Yeah, it's that a couple humor, of cast members are the same as well. <laughs> Even the literal that Scrubs crossover episode where like everyone showed up at the end because Ted exists in this world. Yes, and uh, it's just <laughs> just just wonderful. <laughs> now this show is fantastic, and it, it it got so much better as it went along. Like it just kind of found its footing and realized that now nah, we really can't build too much of a show out of this. And even if we did, it probably wouldn't be all that great. Um, I, well, it it seems like this the first at least the first couple of episodes were very jewels heavy. Like the story was about her, and it became another animal when they started incorporating everyone else. I don't even. I guess the cul-de-sac because you know Lori is not part of the cul-de-sac. She lives elsewhere. We don't really know. She's always asked, being asked to be picked up because she's kind of like a vagrant. I think. Yeah. Do we know where she lives? <laughs> I know it's not the cul-de-sac. It's been so long since I've watched this show. The 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 camaraderie of the group is what actually made this show so entertaining. I was just curious as to where they would have gone because. By the end of this episode, where she's she's yelling at um, Grayson, like she shoves him and she's yelling at him, like there was some moments of feels there, where like it's they try to you know dip their toe into the realism that could be what this woman is going through, and you know of course four seconds later they have the comic relief, but I, it's just I'm curious as to where that character would have gone because. Once, you know, let's say episode five hits, all the characters are, are on equal footing. There's no main character anymore. Granted, most of the show takes place in Jules' house, but other than that, and everybody just walks into each other's houses. Like, no door knocking, no doorbell ringing. Everybody just walks in or runs in. Mm-hmm. It's a weird world that these people live in. I don't think necessarily that the character of Jules did go away so much because I think that that realism that you're talking about is underlying uh, in the you know the mid majority of the season or the series where everything is more goofy and more focused on the ensemble the reason it works so well is just like Scrubs it's got this base layer of sentiment underneath it Mm -hmm. right Uh, and and I, I fully agree with that. I'm just saying, like, no... All right, so Scrubs, the show primarily ran around JD. Mm-hmm. In this, the cast, like... Yeah, I, I mean, first couple episodes, it was Jules, but everybody got a turn to to lead the ship. <laughs> I got it to I the guess, point uh, where yeah, what's I his name? Had oh, a Bobby boat. bought a boat. Yeah. <laughs> so I... I don't like I said I can't speak with any real authority because we haven't watched the show since it aired. But I kind of always remember Jules being the main character. Just the supporting cast had bigger roles, but they were still the supporting cast. It was still her story, her son, her relationships. Yeah, at a couple of episodes in, they start, uh, you know, Bobby's relationship with uh, not only Grayson but um, the husband, the the Andy. The next door neighbor husband, and he is one of my favorites. I love yeah, that. Come on. 
on. <laughs> and he's awesome. And when he he's rocks snapper, a V-neck like nobody's business. When he's snapper car on Supergirl, I'm always so sad because he's not Andy. <laughs> <laughs> I really like it was not I haven't watched the show in a long time. And as I'm trying to explain it, like the show knows exactly what it is. Like all right, so for those that haven't seen it, further down, you know, let's say season two, when it's the, the title Cougar Town no longer makes sense, they use the, the title card to say, hey, we know what we are, and it's fun. Yeah, there's always some sort of joke, like there's a subtitle underneath, you know, <laughs> the words Cougar Town, and say, like, this name doesn't make any sense. Or... <laughs> I, we swear at some point this show did make sense, or this title did make sense. I like the fact that it it did know what it was. It knew. It, it didn't. It wasn't pretentious or trying to be like it was fun. It was silly, and it was it was a good time all around. And there was nothing off limits for the show. And like Scrubs, it did. You know, when it blindsided you with the feels, it did a very good job of that. Very true. Very true. The this episode in particular, I do like the way that they set up Jules's character how they're you know what she is going through and how it is very different for a woman and a man in their 40s getting divorced because you know that's how the show starts she's recently divorced and i not that you could tell because bobby is in like every third or fourth minute of the show um but the i don't what the 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 double standard because Mm -hmm. grayson across the street is just (laughs) I love at the end of the episode where he's wearing the footy pajamas. Yeah. <laughs> he says, this isn't weird. It's just a brighten a friend's day. <laughs> Takes a pic. See, like, that's funny stuff. But it is based in reality. Like, it, it's not a far-fetched storyline. She's got it tougher than he does, and this is where we're, we're going we're gonna to yoink comedy out of. And they did a really good job with it. Agreed. This is a great show. And I thought this was a really good pilot, actually. It did a lot of work in whatever 22 minutes that it was. It, You know, mm-hmm. you met all the characters and very quickly understood who everyone is and who everyone is to each other. And it sort of did a good job of, like, Trojan horsing this show under a network's radar to be like, oh, no, it's just a traditional sitcom about, you know, cougars. And got got it picked up by the network and that allowed it to kind of branch out into what it became mm-hmm. and people like that and that you know made it a success that it was absolutely i mean in in all honesty watching a couple of these episodes there's only one real cougar in this show and that's you know, jules's co-worker that barb sh- barb is creepy well i never <laughs> liked her but the 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 stories that that grow out of this pilot episode, you yes, immediately you know who everybody is and what they're about. But then, as like the the show itself did not keep so rigid to those archetypes, they oh, no. massaged them a lot and you know showed that like, for instance, Bobby is comes off as a doof, but you know he he's he knows what he knows and he knows it well. And yes, um, what's the the, na- the neighbor? 
Grayson? No, no, no. The, the female. Her best friend. Ellie. Ellie. Granted, she's a bitch every time she's on screen, but she will always have Jules's back, no matter what. And that, like, you get that as the show, not only this episode, but, like, the show progresses because they built on these very simple characters and made them much stronger, much more robust, which is kind of weird for, you know, a half-hour sitcom. It is cool how they eventually build that, you know, even through this pilot, how they show why her relationship with her husband works. You know, like, when she looks at her and says, I can't believe I'm turned on. Because, like, (laughs) she just describes their relationship. She absolutely loves that guy despite herself. Right. Which is great. Yeah, and and the relationship with Jules and her son, like, it, it it's funny. It works. It makes sense. The the poor kid's going through what he's going through because of what his mom is going through, and because what if his dad's going through? And like, he's a kid in high school. He's getting the brunt of a whole another slew of issues, and it's like based in reality. I mean, granted, it's a comical reality. It's but yes. based in a very warped reality. But, but reality if your dad was to be mowing the lawn at a high school and you went to that high school, it <laughs> would be embarrassing. It'd yeah. be even more embarrassing if he did it on a riding mower with no shirt on and drumming along to his Walkman. <laughs> Air drumming. Hit the books, kid. <laughs> That's just funny stuff. Uh, this show is a lot of fun. It's definitely worth the watch. And what I like best about this show, it is a background show. You could just have it on, a couple of episodes go by, or you could just tune in whenever you want, and something funny will pop up onto the screen, and you have a good time with it. You do not have to watch the show from beginning to end. But if you do, it's it's very entertaining. It's well yeah, there done. There are a lot of people who like Scrubs out there, and this show didn't get that level of success. You know, It was never as you know ingrained in the general populace is scrubs because well i mean it's cougar town you know Mm -hmm. it is it's a kind of niche thing so uh if you'd like scrubs and you've never given this show a chance because well it's called cougar town give it a chance i promise you it's uh it's worth your while so much fun um i mean just so you know it is created by bill lawrence who if i'm not mistaken is also the creator of scrubs yes um, I didn't know if he was creator or just the showrunner. Um, but Isn't he also married to uh, what's her face, Ellie. Yes, yeah. yes. That's why she shows up in both. Um, but the the sensibilities of those two shows are so close. Like you get the heart, you get the funny, you get the you know. Oh, I hey, if this is a thinking moment. Like every once in a while. Like, a show like this comes around, and unfortunately, this fell prey to that, where it just didn't grab the audience that it needed to. Still managed to stay on the air for as long as it did, though. And yeah, six seasons. And it it concluded, right? I mean, it... it I, I, I can't it, remember. It, I can't I remember how the sixth season end. ended. I'm pretty sure when they did the sixth season, they knew it was their last season. Like, I think they came back for one more season kind of a thing. So, <laughs> so show you can feel good about watching. Yeah, I mean it's it just like all of the character, all of the actors are recognizable. They're not superstars outside of like Courtney Cox, like. But everybody, you know, is it? It's, I want to. Say, it's not busy Phillips. It's be busy. No, it's busy. Is it it's busy? busy Phillips. I think. 
Busy Phillips shows up in like television and movies every once in a while, and then she's gone. Um, Krista Miller, Scrubs fame, like uh, the kid Travis, uh, Dan Bard. Like I'm, I'm watching this. And I'm like, I know, I recognize him. I find him really funny, and I, I can't remember where I knew him from. And he was on uh, in the movie Easy A, one of the most entertaining characters in that show. Played, played a gay boy. Like you recognize all of these people, and this is them having fun, which is great. It, it really, it, it, it gets caught on film. Like it doesn't seem like anybody's trying too hard. It's just them having a good time and makes the show that much more enjoyable wasn't there that thing where okay so we mentioned before cougars and abby this show was also seemed to be liked by other shows mm-hmm. like remember when grayson showed up as a cop in uh castle like there was some sort of inside joke attached to that and that was like like people from castle showed up in cougar town and vice versa or some weird thing like that i, I if if that's not true, I want it to be true. <laughs> there was definitely something to that because there was a, an episode where Grayson was just I was playing it straight up as a cop, and there was something behind the scenes with that. Uh, and also, the Cougarton Abbey joke is from um, uh, Community, Community, where uh, Abed was saying that he was like somebody was watching Cougar Town, and he said, "Yeah, it's based on a British show, like all other shows." And the British show was Cougarton Abbey. <laughs> Fantastic. And like, and that's and it's it's odd that other shows liked this show, but it ne- it did not get the acclaim that it deserved. Like it, oddly, it lasted six seasons. But like, if you outside of you know our little niche, you you ask anybody else, you know, yeah, nobody remembers this. show. Nobody remembers this show. Better would have done well if it was you know came out on Netflix now. You know what I mean. Probably like this is the kind of show that probably would have slightly before its time. Yeah, this was definitely Just a bit slightly. before its time. And oddly, with like this is this is like the height of of Courtney Cox. Like everybody knew who she was, and I feel that people were confused at the fact that she was doing another sitcom. Like, why or hmm, is this a fallback from Friend or whatever? It did not get the credit that it deserved. It was, as they say, canceled before its time after six seasons. Hmm? Yeah, it's kind of hard to say that it got canceled before its time. It did pretty well. <laughs> Either way, I, it, I, I don't know if it's available. I think it's available on either Hulu or Netflix. I, I know we linked to it to one of those, but it is definitely worth the watch. Check it out. It's a lot of fun. You, in if Right out the gate, like you said, First episode, you know who everybody is, and you're, like, invested. You're invested in the relationships, each of their characters. It's so, like, engaging. Oh, this was after Dirt. That was that other show that she did. What's that? Well, after Courtney Cox. Courtney Cox did Friends. So mm-hmm. Ended in 04, and then she, her, she had an... I knew she had another show before this. It was a show called Dirt. It was like where oh, she, was, uh, she, she was a she was like a tabloid reporter, a, yeah, or a tabloid reporter or something, yeah. And that ran into low eight, and then this was her next show after that, when uh, two thousand nine to two thousand fifteen, and she hasn't really done anything big since. Um, yeah, still living off that friends money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's not like she has to work. <laughs> well, 
<laughs> I should live it off that friend's money or that scream money. It, sure. She's in all four of those. Yeah, she's I'm she's, sure she's just melding all the money together and she's, living just off of money. She can take whatever job she wants. <laughs> so, like I said, I, I'm glad I, I picked this because I got to watch. Like, I had to stop myself because, they, you know, when you, you start watching, you don't know where the one ends and the next one begins because <laughs> of, you know, the Netflix syndrome where, all right, just one more, just one more. Like, I can't wait to get to Penny Cup, right? Penny Cup? Penny Cup. Penny Can. Penny can. <laughs> All I know is, is I don't, I, I can't tell you how many episodes I watched, but I made it to where Grayson starts playing the guitar. Awesome. <laughs> that came out of nowhere. <laughs> All of a sudden, Brother Man walks outside and he's playing what seems to be a very tiny guitar or a large ukulele. Is that it? <laughs> One or the other. I'm not sure. It had roses on. Show is a lot of fun. Please, please check it out uh, and enjoy it. Uh, all right. Yeah, do it. Do what he said. Yeah, do do what I said. I said, all right. We got a lot of news to cover, so let's take a quick break. And when we get back, we'll we'll, we'll cover that news. Stay tuned. Your monthly dose of tabletop gaming is here, and this month, Dave and Jangus have plenty to discuss. Join them as they look into the new mechanics of Dominaria, thrill as Dave describes how the newest beta of Magic the Gathering Arena is shaping out, scoff in disbelief as they both promise to watch an interview. Then, our heroes don their best impressions and tell tales of randomly generated monsters, and Dave gets Jangus hyped for Gloomhaven, an upcoming legacy dungeon-crawling board game. Don't miss You Shall Not Pass Go, episode 26, Monster Manual Rick. In the new episode of Nonstop Comic Shop, Jordan looks back at when Marvel and DC introduced mythological immortal warrior women to teach us all the wrong lessons about feminism. First, in Avengers 83, Thor Ragnarok's own Valkyrie, in her first ever comic book appearance, Asterix, expends very little effort to convince most of Marvel's superheroines to violently overthrow their distaff male counterparts. Then, in Fury, a crappy episode from the crappy first season of Justice League, editors note, I do not agree with this assessment. Justice League is awesome and so is season one. Back to our show. One of Wonder Woman's adoptive Amazonian sisters is out to kill every man in man's world by apparently making them allergic to their own junk. I remember that episode. Give a listen to Nonstop Comic Shop episode 19. We will be greeted as liberators. It's a month full of triumphant returns, gearing up for summer tours, and excellent names. Janelle Hawks once again brings us her monthly music review for all the new tunes you can and probably should be listening to for the next 30 days or more. Be sure to read Turn It Up, new music for April 2018, located in the Think Tank. You can catch all this great stuff, plus tons of other articles, videos, podcasts, and more, right now at GeekAid.com. Hey, Karen. Hi, Evan. All right, so last time we, we visited the 60-second the summary was the I last time. I think you time. mean last time on the 60-second summary. <laughs> Chris finished out Dragon Ball Super, and you came up with the idea that we're going to do some sort of summarization within the 60 seconds of other things that have interested us in the week. Yeah. Ish. I just <laughs> thought it was fun that 
you know, somebody gets to talk about something else besides the main topic. And so I thought we should keep that going, even if it's not the same show every week. Just, you know, no chance to mention something else that we'd like this week besides the main topic, but not take up too much of our listeners' time. Okay, so what will we be discussing this week? Okay, so I thought, you know, kind of the best thing I saw in the last week, barring what I'll probably pick to be our main topic next time we record... Um, we've been catching up on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., so I oh. wanted to talk about the one we watched this week, which was Season 5, Episode 13, Principia. Okay, so we are doing a 60-second summary of Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., so it's the S.H.I.E.L.D. 60-second summary. <laughs> yeah, there you go. We, we, we will attempt we to keep up the alliteration. We have now set us up that all the shows we do here have to be S's. Okay, so... Marvel's Agents of 60-second summaries. <laughs> God, Karen. Please, for please forgive me, audience. I this is my first try doing this, and I'm not prepared. Uh, oh, you will do fine because you have your timer. You are ready to go. When I am, when you are, when you are ready. Okay, and go. So, last time we saw the Ages of Shield, they were trying to seal up this fear dimension. It was like the the hundredth episode of the series, and they did this big special about whatever. There was a rift in time that was opening up other parallel universes, and there was a fear dimension that was leaking everyone's greatest fears into the bunker, and they sealed it up, but it was only a band-aid. So they needed to get something else that was called gravitonium to, like, really make it so that it wouldn't be a fear dimension anymore. Oh, this is terrible, guys. (laughs) So they they, they knew where some was. They had to track down this guy and find it, and it ended up being on a battleship that was like floating in the sky because it's gravitonium, so like it can, it can, you know, reverse gravity. And uh, we, the best part about this was that we learned that when Mac was at the Shield Academy, his nickname was Mac Hammer, and because the reason for this is because he's really into MC Hammer, so they made a lot of MC Hammer puns in the episode, and it was fantastic. <laughs> And that's it. <laughs> okay. So, just so you know, you hit 65 seconds, but so worth it for the MC Hammer reference. <laughs> oh my A lot God. of other stuff happened, but that was the best part. <laughs> Evan, there was this bit where they finally find the gravitonium, and, like, they weren't, like, they was, like, super volatile, and they had to, like, capture it without, you know, putting their hands on it in this plastic case. And right when Mac is about to do it, I, Coulson looks at him and says, Mac... You can't touch this. <laughs> <laughs> it was amazing. Please tell me he did it as deadpan as you just did it. Oh, he did. Completely, <laughs> completely straight-faced, and Mac was like, you had to do that. He was like, I couldn't miss this opportunity. <laughs> Fan. fantastic. Fantastic. Thank you both. And we're back. Thank you so much for checking out our commercials and our new summary section. My God, it's amazing how many words we are finding that start with S. Let's talk some news. Um, first up, Karen, you posted up this uh, Stranger Things article. This one's coming to us from The Hollywood Reporter. Uh, Stranger Things Season 3 details are revealed. Now, that is mildly misleading because not a lot of details were revealed in this article. <laughs> uh, it's taken place a year after. Um and it's the couples, the, the little kid couples, they are they're carrying over into this third season. 
and Back to the Future will be the, you know, like awesome. Ghostbusters. So with the the reveals, it wasn't really that much. There is a lot of information in this article, though. About is this the is, was there another article about the salaries, or is it in this one? No, there was another article okay. about the salaries. Okay, so we'll, we'll we'll catch that up later. But um, I think the biggest reveal is that we're what's his name, Dad Steve. Steve, <laughs> like Dad Steve. Dad Steve is coming back, so that's. I I mean, it's the right mix of everything that went well last season. Do it again. Makes sense. So, just just check it out. There's a lot of info in this article, um, and we'll be we'll be giving you more Stranger Things info. My God, these kids are going to be rolling. They like fucking money. Anywho. All right. They deserve it. Yes, they do. And the other thing in the hair that made me super happy is that um, Lucas's little sister is going to be back. She was so awesome. I don't even remember. Uh, which one was Lucas? The black kid. His oh, sassy his little, little sister. sister. All right. Yeah. She yes. was sassy. She's going to have a larger role in the next season, which is awesome. I love her. Gotcha. Okay. That's great. Good, good, good. Um, So we discussed... <laughs> We discussed Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. during the break a little bit, um, and (laughs) it was part of our 60-second summary. Apparently, uh, it's still uh, on the bubble, which is a goddamn shame, apparently. Like, you guys love this show. ABC, renew this shit. And this article puts it really well because it's the only, like, Marvel thing episodically, like, weekly that they got going on everything else is either a season dump on netflix or movie like they really gotta they if they're smart they'll just keep it going and, and do it well and apparently according to you guys that they are doing it well they are doing it well it's quite good i unfortunately am behind so i will be this also says that um this week it was confirmed that Clark Gregg is going to appear in Captain Marvel. Right. And so scheduling him into filming that could have an impact on whether or not there's going to be another season of this, which I hope there is because it's so much fun. See, but that would be like a missed opportunity if they put him in another movie and don't keep the show going because that will bump the show more. It sure will. Um, I... I don't know. I'm pretty sure it was one of the articles that I was reading had, you know, links at the bottom to other articles and they were showing stills from the Cap Marvel movie. And I'm like, hmm, I don't know. I don't know. But it seems to be set before Coulson dies. So that's why he's going to be in the movie, which is good. I like Coulson. I like. It's been very interesting. I've been doing. Um... Chris and I both have been doing MCU rewatch and it's shed some light on things that have been happening in the MC- in uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Like the Kree are mentioned every once in a while in mm-hmm. a Marvel movie and I'm like, oh, this like means more having seen so much of the Kree this season in uh, in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. So They made, um, cool. did they, they, the Kree was first in Guardians, right? Like that was their first think so yeah which is they the agents talked about it before that yes which was quite ballsy because that's 
That's even a, a, a pull for a Marvel fan. Um, but yeah, I, I want to see this show continue because it's comic book stuff, and I'm okay with all comic book stuff, except for Catwoman with Harley Berry. I didn't like that movie. Nobody liked that movie. <sighs> all right, let's let's jump over to another possible comic book thing. Um, we brought it up a while ago that, that uh, Donald Glover was going to be part of a possible Deadpool cartoon on FXX. Apparently that's not going to happen. Um, and it's... Okay. I feel like there's bad blood going on. Like by the way, sounds like it. The way this is this is presented, it's like FX, Marvel, and I, I want to say that the the Glover Brothers, Marvel Television, and FX have parted ways. Like, okay, something went due to creative differences. Is always the sugar coated way that someone was an asshole. Um, apparently. Donald responded to that, saying that, for the record, he was not too busy to work on Deadpool. So he's upset at the fact that it's not happening. Um, there's a link in here for a Jennifer Lawrence thing. I, it, it's a dead link, so I don't know where it goes. Um, but it's, it's I don't know. like that. That should have been a thing. A Deadpool cartoon on... FXX on any FX station would have done well. And I feel like uh, Donald Glover defending himself has got to be some CYA on his part because you don't want to be known as the guy who was like too good to do Deadpool. Right. Like, and I could see uh, a studio trying to spin it that way because like, oh, he's in, uh, he's in Solo and he's doing Atlanta, and so like all this other stuff he's doing, they they could very easily say, "Oh well, you know, Donald Glover had, had all these other projects, and so Deadpool didn't happen," and blame it on him, and that's not a good look for him. Right. So I could totally defend him getting out in front of this, being like, "It wasn't me." It makes it makes a lot of sense that he 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 did that. I'm just curious as to what actually happened. I was it's like gossip, TV gossip. Um. Karen, you posted up this next one again from the Hollywood Reporter. Now, okay, I'm looking at these pictures, and Tobias Menzies, Menzies, and, and that other picture is Prince Philip. Yes, it it's kind of creepy. Yep, there is there <laughs> there's definitely a resemblance between the two. <laughs> um, the crown has hired Tobias to, to play Prince Philip in the new season of The Crown. Um, this guy's got some bona fides, a little Game of Thrones action, some Outlander. Um, yeah, I didn't definitely didn't recognize him from the picture, but then I looked him up, and he was um, Catelyn Stark's brother, Edmure Tully. Right. Um, this So this is going to be the season where the Queen is paid the most... Right, that's Matt Smith yes. and and the 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 award winner. They're out, so like this is a whole new thing. I did, I didn't expect them to get rid of Matt Smith. I understand that they wanted to age the 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 group up because you know they're showing time passage. I just 
I felt like they like they the the episode that I saw of the crown it, they made Matt Smith look like young. Like I maybe it was his personality or how he was acting. I just figured that they would keep him because Doctor Who and you know that thing. Um, right. But this guy seems like I don't know how do you feel about this? You're the, you're the crown I mean fan. <laughs> I think he'll be perfectly fine. I'm a little disappointed because originally this was going to go to Paul Bettany. Mm-hmm. I did see um, that. And there was a scheduling conflict, so that didn't happen. So that's disappointing because I feel like he would have been awesome. Uh, um, he, but, you know, you get what you get and you don't get upset. Yeah, he's, play, he's playing uh, Vision, right? Yeah, that's Paul Bettany. Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> That's another funny thing that came out of our uh, MCU rewatches. <laughs> Way before I watched Age of Ultron, mm-hmm. which I don't think I've seen since theaters, right? I was like, I said to Chris, "Do they ever make anything of the fact that Vision and Jarvis are the same dude?" He's like, "You really haven't seen Age of Ultron in a long time, have you?" <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, that's a huge chunk of that movie, there, sweetheart. <laughs> yeah, well, I've watched it now. Thank you. I remember now. <laughs> This is what happens when you have kids. You forget, like, anything else. Makes sense. So Fully understand. There's a, there's a lesson in there, but I don't know what it is. <laughs> All right. Uh, Karen, you also pointed this one, uh, po- posted up this one for us. Um, this one comes from BuzzFeed. Uh, you prefaced it with a, Chris, I'm sorry. Yes. Um Creator of Ren and Stimpy is accused of preying on underage girls. Uh <sighs> And what made it even worse, it's like, that's bad. What made it even worse is that, like, they are, they, the underage girls that we, he was pro- preying on wanted to be in animation and they were, like, reaching out to him for assistance. Like, that's just wrong. Um, this is quite a long story. There's a lot of information here. But apparently this happened in around 94, 95-ish, um, where this this guy... Uh, John Chris Falusi. Say that again? Yeah. John Chris Falusi. Okay, John Chris Falusi. Yeah. Um, he was known as having an underage girlfriend. Like, it was a thing. People knew about it. And... The story goes. The, the article goes on to explain how the situation came about and how, you know, he, the things that he did or allegedly. I gotta throw that in there because I have a microphone in front of my face. Um, it's just upsetting. It's not cool. No, no, it is not cool. But there is there, there is a, a few things to be said for this. Um, like you said, it's it was kind of common knowledge, mm-hmm. like that he was kind of a scumbag. Mm-hmm. Um, I uh, I have a big history with Ren and Stimpy. I, I adored that show, and I um, learned a lot about the way TV works and whatnot from a, a high school civics project that I did uh, with my buddy Adam about uh, Ren and Stimpy because of. Um, the way the the creative control of the show was taken away from John John K and Spumko uh, when Nickelodeon didn't really like the direction that things were going in, and uh, there was a magazine that I was I, I learned a lot of this from called Wild Cartoon Kingdom that really painted it like um you know Nickelodeon was the uh, the the big bad that 
stole this show from John Kay and Bob Camp. Well, they stuck around because they offered him a whole crap load of money. Um, and as a kid, that was just like, wow, this is a horrible thing that's happened, and I feel really bad about this, and uh, we should boycott Nickelodeon. And we did. Uh, me and my buddy Adam, we didn't watch Nickelodeon for uh, years and years and years. And uh, in fact, I, the only time that I... Uh, started watching Nickelodeon again was uh, after John Kay got the rights to Ren and Stimpy back and he released those new episodes on Spike. <laughs> what I learned about John Kay um, just from the years that followed from uh, his other animation and, and stuff is that I didn't really like him all that much. I didn't really like his style. I remember when uh, the brothers grunt came on and uh, I was like, wow, all right, new show from John Kay. And listening to his voice was, it just filled me with this nostalgic joy because he was the original voice of Ren. And nobody sounds like that. Right. Just nobody sounds like him. And, uh, but I, I didn't like that show at all. Uh, like, not even a little. And when he finally got to do new episodes of Ren and Stimpy, they were uh, awful, just abysmal, terrible. Uh, with none of the same kind of classic character uh, that made Ren and Stimpy, the original Ren and Stimpy's, so so good. I mean, those are timelessly funny cartoons. They're you know they're crude and they're ridiculous, but they're they're up there with Looney Tunes for me as far as like just being timelessly funny. Um, what I learned pretty recently is that uh, John Kay had a lot less to do with that than I thought he did. Um, which kind of confirmed my theories from seeing his other works over the years and not really enjoying them very much, particularly his direction for Ren and Stimpy, which is just a series of really, really disgusting gay jokes. Um, it, it turns out that there were a lot of other people involved in Ren and Stimpy, and which is why there was still some good comedy to be had after Spunko's name was no longer at the end of the credits. Right. Um, so don't, uh, this did not surprise me as much as uh, I, I think uh, Karen thought it would when she po when she posted that. I was like, "Yeah, I could see that." <laughs> that was my first. That was my first reaction. Like, I grant that it's you know this hasn't gone to court or anything. This isn't an officially decided thing. But um, the article that I read was I, I wish I had, I had saved it, but it was something to the tune of "Don't let this ruin Red and Stimpy for you." John K had less to do with this than you think. Um, that makes yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, so so Ren and Stimpy is not ruined for me uh, any more than it uh, any more than it kind of was after the and, uh, half hour gay jokes that went on Spike TV, which never should have aired. They're just they're just awful. I can't stress how putrid these episodes are. Um, for me, it was I've always associated Bob Camp as Ren and Stimpy because it was he, art. That was it, it for me. Like mm-hmm. it was a very distinct art style, and I have had the the joy of meeting Bob and, and associating with him. And this, granted, this is a horrible story. It is, this doesn't ruin Ren and Stimpy for me either. It just, it, it what upsets me is that it's a, an industry that this allegedly was known and it was allowed. That's upsetting. Like that to me, like the industry needs to change, not necessarily this specific show. So, well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it the longer it goes on, the the more broken we find out it actually is, and that's a shame. Yeah, that is true. <clears throat> but you know what? It's it is what it is. Um, 
you know, if this if this is true, I'm glad it came out. I'm, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. All right, let's let's move on to some happier news. Wait a minute. Um, from superhero hype, uh, we got the new. I will call it the trailer for the new episode of of Ugh. Arrow, Ugh. where apparently I have I haven't watched Arrow in a while, so don't know. But apparently Oliver and Diggle are now both Arrows, and they're fighting uh, over the mantle. Uh, <laughs> what? Do you want to take this one, honey? <laughs> uh, I can try. Um, so this back half of the season of Arrow has been kind of shitty. Uh, they took everything that was good about the show and they're like, nah, we're not going to do that anymore. Okay, cool. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to make everybody hate everybody else and we're going to split up the team into two separate teams, uh, neither of which is nearly as effective as the original team. And we're going to like make the basis of all these arguments that everyone has with each other really kind of stupid. Gotcha. And now, now that you know, there's Team Arrow and Team, like, fucking Black Canary, Wild Dog, and Mr. Terrific. They don't even have a name. Now, that's not enough division in the show. Now, um, in the beginning of the season, they had Diggle being the Green Arrow because Oliver promised his secret, no longer secret son that he wouldn't be the Green Arrow anymore. So we had John do it. And then... It was discovered that John has some kind of like career ending injury and he couldn't be the Green Arrow anymore because his hand hurt too much. Okay. Um, so Ollie had to go back to being the Green Arrow. Okay. Um, and then his son found out, but then his son was okay with it. And then they fixed John's hand with some like super cybernetic implant that Felicity and, um, Curtis invented before they got mad at each other. Okay. For no fucking reason. Gotcha. <laughs> I'm with so you. So the point is this season Ollie and John have both been the arrow. And now for really no reason that I can figure out, John is starting to get mad that Ollie won't let him be the arrow again now that his hand is better. Okay. And it's so Wow. Fucking sounds, stupid. Sounds like weak sauce to me. Um, did I read in here that a major character died? Did a major character die? Was it in here? I don't know. <laughs> it was one of those. Did a major it was character one of these. die? I don't know. I was curious. Maybe maybe I'll, I'll catch it. It might not have been this article. <sighs> See, like that, I'm, so, I'm actually kind of glad that I fell off of the Arrow train. Yo, first half of the season was great, though. Was it? They... Like seriously, this show has been it's been pretty solid going going around. It's been running pretty solid, and then they just started, and like they're not just pitting them together for like stupid reasons. They're stupid, irreversible reasons. They're like intrinsic breaking of trust, and just these people being awful to one another. <laughs> there is no getting back. There is no getting back to normal after this. Like, it's yeah. Like Ollie beat the shit out of Wild Dog last week. <laughs> yeah, and like Wild Dog was gonna. Uh, go. Uh, what is it? Uh, testify. That's the word. Testify against him in court. Um, geez, what was it? Um, uh, Detec- Detective Lance is like saving his uh, the Earth Two version of Laurel, who murdered uh, Black Canary's husband, who was a double agent or something. There is so much stupid going on right now. <laughs> I just I just can't even can't even wrap my head around it. I see what you're talking about about 
original cast member leaving. They didn't die. It was Thea. Um, oh. She ran off to be with Roy. Oh. Okay. She was barely on the show anymore. She never had anything to do. Good for her. Yeah, but it's like, that's, 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 uh, what is, what's the, Speedy. What, Speedy. I couldn't remember what the, the nickname was. Uh, she have, replaced Roy. <laughs> they have more important things to do, like fight amongst each other. Slap fight. <laughs> well, all right. You're saying, all right, I don't know. I don't know how I feel. <laughs> I'm I mean, confused. <laughs> we'll see how it shakes out. Chris and I are still watching, so. All right. We'll let you know. Okay, that that works for me. Um, all right, Karen, you posted up this next one. This one's from Deadline. Uh, apparently, the Roseanne revival did kind of well. So well, mm-hmm. in fact, that they're getting a season two already. I think one, maybe two episodes have aired so far. And yep. we're getting a whole other season of it. Did you guys watch it? Nope. Neither nope. did I. So there's information. <laughs> I... Uh... I wanted to watch it. I thought about watching it. And then I realized that um, watching it kind of equals supporting Roseanne. And I just can't do that. Okay. And then I heard um, some reviews. I was listening to a podcast today that was talking about it. And they were saying that the problem with it is that Roseanne, the character, now has to take on the political views of Roseanne, the person. Right. And it doesn't make any sense for that character to feel that way. Interesting. So, and it's just kind of what they, what, what this podcast was saying is just that it kind of is a little all over the place. It doesn't always make sense. Like it's not bad, but it's not great what what it what what don't we like about i have no inkling of roseanne oh she's a crazy trump supporter okay and she thinks that like she said a lot of like terrible things about liberals about hillary about gay people like she said some bad shit interesting all right and she like doubled doubles down on it too she is Mm -hmm. she is horrible okay it's funny because within the the article that We'll be posting a link to. There's a couple of related links in there, and one of the links is uh, related. Donald Trump boasts Roseanne ratings were about him and his base. Interesting. Okay, so there it is. It there's going to be another season. Yay, good for them. Um, I posted up this next one because you know, every once in a while I read news too. Um, <laughs> and this is not really like news news this is something i want to be news um apparently within the like the arrowverse one of their costume designers has created a batman beyond design now it looks pretty badass not gonna lie um i it's very easy for them to bring this character into the arrowverse they ha don't they still have a team that travels through time right that's still a thing mm-hmm. okay so I think that this could very well be like the loophole because Batman doesn't show up in any of the DC TV properties except for as a child. Um, this is a, a, a nice way to get around that because it's technically not Batman, but it is Batman and Batman could be Bruce Wayne could be in it. Like I would like to see this happen, but check out um, we'll link it. Like I said, as always in the show notes, there's a, uh, an Instagram image there of what, um, Terry McGinnis's costume would look like 
in the Arrowverse, the, the live-action TV universe. And I don't know if you guys looked at it. It's pretty badass. It looks pretty cool. Pretty bad. I was never a Batman Beyond person, but not not because I don't care or don't like Batman or anything. Just, you know. I just like the theory. So, you know, Batman Beyond, Batman of the future. Not Batman, but Batman is the mentor. So we have a grizzled Bruce Wayne training a young, completely opposite personality type than Bruce Wayne to be the Batman. And there's a... a, a um, a Doberman Pinscher. So, that's great. I think it's very Named possible. Ace. I would like to see it. <sighs> okay. Karen, you, you posted this and I immediately <laughs> you went okay? looking you for it. okay? You going to make it? You got this following, what was it, last week? The Moon Knight uh, theoretical possibilities? You're just... Yeah. Well, okay, so... The, here, behind the curtain... Uh, Today is April 2nd. Oh, happy birthday, Brian. I don't even know if you listen. Brian's my little brother. It's his birthday today. Um, <laughs> it's like 9.45. Did you just well, I already remember? spoke to him about it, but hey, now it's, oh, okay. now it's recorded. <laughs> I thought you just, just um, realized. Yesterday now. being April 1st was April Fool's Day, and I was tagged in a number of the same article about Netflix doing a midnight. Oh, it's like Marv- Marvel midnight Nights. Nights. Oh, man, I saw, I saw like, that two three years ago um and my response to everybody that tags me and that is bite me read the whole fucking thing <laughs> like like don't do that to me that and firefly every year someone tries to to share that shit with me and it's upsetting every year because it could work anywho <sighs> all right like i said karen you posted up this next one it's from nb excuse me abc7ny.com Okay, apparently Netflix is is offering out the best job ever. <laughs> <laughs> like I there, I want the link to where I could apply for this job. Um Netflix is looking to hire uh, binge watchers to rate their shows. Um Oh man. I hope it Okay, yes. It's not there is a a a video attached to this, but the job title is fantastic. Okay? It makes a binge watcher become an editorial analyst. An analyst, okay. So <laughs> you sitting there watching gobs and gobs of TV, you can now be known as an editorial analyst. That's what I'm going to be calling myself from now on. Rightly so. <laughs> this is. I don't like. I, yeah, I, mean, I can only imagine how many people applied for this job. <laughs> I can only guess that Netflix has so much content out there now that they're like, "There's not enough people watching this. We need like we even need to we can't watch all of this and tell this. you what it's about. So we're just gonna put the shit out, sight unseen, I, and you tell us what it's about." <laughs> I say every week, Peak TV will be the death of us. <laughs> oh God, bless this country. Whew. Uh, all right, uh, Chris, you posted up this next one. It's from uh, comic bo- uh, CBR. What is that? Uh, comic Book Resources. Um, I think that's correct. Okay. Uh, in this article, there are three photos. That, that it starts off with three pictures. I know, I know James. I don't know the other two. What, what are those two people to the right? Ah, okay. <laughs> all right. <laughs> 
This is this is actually a really nifty story. So the character all the way to the okay. right is Zamasu, okay. who is um, one of the most interesting villains they've ever had on Dragon Ball, who was uh, part of the uh, Goku Black saga on uh, Dragon Ball Super. It was great. Okay. Uh, and in the middle is James Marsters in his Piccolo makeup from the live-action Dragon Ball Evolution movie. Wait. Okay. There was a live-action movie? Oh, yeah. It's bad. Oh, okay. Okay. Interesting. It's brutally bad. And <laughs> Is it so bad what, that it wraps around, or does it make it around? No, no. It wraps, it wraps all the way around okay. back to being awful again. Oh, <laughs> like oh. it's It's brutally bad. Um, the, thing about, the, the thing about this is, is that um, James Marshall is a huge Dragon Ball fan. Okay. Um, when he was... Uh, when they offered him the role of Piccolo, he was like thrilled, and he did his he did his best. <laughs> he was like the shining moment in that movie. It was like he made a pretty good good evil King Piccolo. That was that was pretty neat. Um, but you know, he knew the movie was a turd. And uh, oh wait, I have some slight recollection of this. Yeah, it's got Chaoyun Fat in it. Yeah. Uh, it's got um, I don't I never watched two it. the characters from I think Shameless are in it. Um, I remember uh, the cover girl for played it. Bulma's. I, either way, I, I met James Marsters once at a con, mm-hmm. and uh, I walked up to him and I said, uh, "You were the only go- you were the only good thing in the Dragon Ball movie," and it like made his day. He was so happy to hear that. He <laughs> was like, th- "You know, thank you, G- genuinely thank you for that." It, it made me so happy that it made him so happy. <laughs> you, you were the only redeeming factor in that entirety of a crap fest. Yeah, pretty much. Um, so what's cool about this story is, um, so uh, obviously the, the English dub of Dragon Ball Super is pretty far behind. The show is over, but they're still working on uh, the show. So uh, the one that you watch is subtitled or? It was subtitled, okay. yeah. I was watching it in, uh, subtitled. Okay. So the English dub is going on, and um, this character, Zemasu, showed up, and um, oh, i got to open up the article again to see the name. Um it first appeared in a uh, Dragon Ball video game, actually. It was the first time we heard the uh, the English voice for Zamasu, and people thought it sounded pretty familiar. Uh, it is, but it was credited to... remember the name. Somebody Come on. Gray. David Gray? David Gray. David Gray. Yeah. Uh, so it was like, all right, David Gray, that's interesting. Well, uh, it sounds like James Marsters, like exactly like James Marsters. Hmm. Then uh, as we got... You know more of Zamasu in English dub. Like you listen to him talk, and you're like, no, that's totally that's totally him. And um, so it's like it's kind of unconfirmed, I believe, that it is him, but it's like it's totally him. And uh, we the the this article that I posted uh, supposes that he's doing it because he just wants it to not be a thing. You know what I mean? Like he's kind of a name, and he doesn't want that to taint anything like just he wants to do this because he wants it to be good and um at least that's okay. what we think is going on i did learn something else that was interesting in here that i didn't know was that um uh he did a vo- he did another voice didn't he and he it was it was it was credited but his name like they took two letters and flipped the letters in his name Oh, Sam Majesters? <laughs> yes. 
something yeah, to that effect. That that was that was pretty funny. Uh, no, it was um the the girl who played uh Seychelle, I think is how I'm saying it. Um, Gabrielle, who played Asami in um, Legend of Korra, the sequel to Avatar: The Last Airbender. Um, she was a part of. She was in the crappy live action Last Airbender movie, which okay. I did not know that. And then they cast her in Legend of Korra, which is fantastic. It was kind of a neat little uh, redemption story, and that's kind of what people think is happening here with uh, this uh, Dragon Ball Super situation. There's a, there's there's a couple of clips that you can listen to him talking in, and it's like, yeah, that's him. That's James Marsters, and he makes a pretty interesting Zamasu. Uh, who is a, you know, one of the, like, Dragon Ball's been on for such a long time, and Zamasu uh, slash Goku Black was, like, this villain team that was really mysterious. It was, like, a genuinely interesting story of, like, who is this guy? Uh, and that they had never really done that before. The villains in Dragon Ball were always like, I'm the bad guy. <laughs> <laughs> Look at me. I'm the bad guy. And this was just like, no, that, that's Goku, but it's not Goku. That's weird. It's Goku with a mustache. Evil Goku. Not even Goatee. a mustache. A hundred percent looks like Goku murdering people. <laughs> Jeez. Goku was probably weirded out about it most of all. <laughs> He's like, wait, right. did I wait, do that? Right. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, that's that's interesting. So, it, I mean, nothing is official yet. Because the character hasn't shown up in the English dubs yet. Yeah, he's in there now. Oh, he is there's in there now? Clips, there's clips of the episodes of him speaking in, in the episodes. And it's like, yeah, that's that's him. It's I believe it's still being credited as David Gray. But All right, yeah. so it's not official, but it is happening. Okay, gotcha. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. All right, good enough. Thank you, sir. Um, you posted up this next one, and I feel that you would be the right person to talk about this. Um, unfortunately, Stephen Bochco, the creative force behind Hill Street Blues, NYPD Blue, and something very close to your heart, L.A. Law, has passed away at 74. You got that, that flopped around. Uh, NYPD Blue is close to my heart. You're thinking of Law & Order. Oh, yeah. okay. All right. My mistake. Well, I knew something. One of those. Because you're you're a Bochco fan, um, indeed. He has he has passed. Uh, he was dealing he uh, he leukemia. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's that sucks. Yeah, that was uh, that was that was that was a real bummer to read. Um, Stephen Bochco was um, you know uh, MIPD Blue was something that I've watched all of, and mm-hmm. I wouldn't mind going back to that show someday to see how it holds up. I I loved that show. I loved a lot about it. I disliked some of it, but by and large, MIPD Blue was like, a pretty great show. Like Hill Street Blues is like the epitome of the cop drama. Mm-hmm. Like everything that has followed since then is, in essence, a ripoff of Hill Street Blues. <laughs> so. <laughs> I wish I could. I'm, I'm, there's no way I'm going to find it fast enough. But uh, Frank Conniff wrote a great tweet about it, which was actually how I found out about it. Okay. Uh, Frank Conniff is TV's Frank, in case anyone doesn't know, from Mr. Science Theater 3000. Uh, oh. I follow- it all comes back around to that show eventually. It really eventually. does. When when talking to me, it's it's eventually going to come back to Six degrees of a, Mystery Science Theater yeah. 3000. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, you, you can hunt that down. Um 
it has been reported that he he passed away peacefully at 74. Uh, he battled cancer. And, uh, I mean, no matter how it ended, the man had a very full and productive life. Uh, 98 Emmy nominations. Like, he had a hundred... 146 episode run on Hill Street Blues, which hmm. that alone is ridiculous. That's a lot of television. And uh, I found the tweet. Go ahead. Frank kind of said, uh, just last night I was talking at dinner about the Columbo episode Stephen Boschko wrote and Spielberg directed starring Jack Cassidy and Martin Milner. Boschko went on to do other things, like, for instance, change the course of television. Rest in peace. And that's true. Yeah, he very he, very true. They, they, his shows were monumentally influential. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So, as they say on other podcasts, big big bucket a win, he will be missed. All right, we're gonna get back to uh, some Stranger Things talk. This is I had teased this earlier, but apparently, um, the kids are making some bank now on Stranger Things. Holy shit! Like the <laughs> all right, so the kids are now that like they have renegotiated their contracts, and the last I think it was the last two seasons they were running on the old contract, and on I don't know if they were all being paid, but uh, eleven, she was being paid twenty five thousand dollars an episode. Okay, now she's being paid three hundred and fifty thousand dollars per episode. Well, that's a lot of fucking money. I'm not going to say she's not worth it because she is, but it's at a certain point, like, this is what I don't get about being an actor is like, at a certain point, don't you think to yourself, how are my grandkids going to spend this money? (laughs) (laughs) It's great that the kids are now being treated like adults, like, like they're getting what they deserve, but still $3.15 million dollars. That's a lot of nuts. Wow. That's a lot of money. That's a lot of money. For a show that does not report its numbers. Like that that's what's amazing to me. Like it could like all right, granted it it becomes the talk of the town when it's on, like when it happens. But we still really don't know how many people watch it. <laughs> It's definitely like they don't more air than that. 10. They don't air out that laundry. And I think this is pretty good evidence that nobody cares. Yeah. 15, 16 people at least watch this show. Mm-hmm. That's great. Good for them. Let them make the money. Hopefully, you know, 10 years down the line, we won't see some horrible story about child stars and all of them are featured in some sort of VH1 behind the movie shit. Ugh. God, that's a lot of money for a child. I'm sorry. Well, presumably their money is being managed by a responsible adult. Here's presumably. hopefully. One hopes it's not a Gary Coleman situation. <laughs> a Gary Coleman situation. Write that down. <laughs> um, all right. And finally, from Variety, we got the, the CW renewals. <laughs> how? How? Is Crazy Ex-Girlfriend getting a season four? Yeah! 
Yes, I don't know, but I care. I'll tell you how CW so happy. CW saw how fast those tickets sold out for that concert, and that's true. This show is clearly loved by the people who watch it, and the CW is approaching this like not ABC and saying like, "Wow, you know, people really like this show, even though it doesn't show up in the ratings." I say we let it run the course, and then they did, and it was wonderful. There have been All some right, really so the- great pictures from the cast um, on Twitter and Instagram today of just them reacting to the news like, oh, holy shit, like they're on a plane to Chicago for their next tour stop. And they're like, that's how they found out. <laughs> um, so this article states 10 of its current series. So that includes Arrow, Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, Legends of Tomorrow, The Flash, Jane the Virgin, Riverdale, Supergirl, Supernatural, uh, Black Lightning and Dynasty. <laughs> those are those are the ones that have been tapped. They will be discussing what is it? Life Sentence, Valor, I Zombie, and The One Hundred in May. So, right. Well, we'll those find out shows about them are later. Either newer or mid-season shows, so it's not surprising that they haven't made the decisions on those. But the CW superhero shows will continue to rule our lives for another year. And there's going to be a season 14 of Supernatural. <laughs> Someone's tickled Guys, by that. 14 fucking seasons. What the hell? Yeah, I was just going to say, like, man, what are they going to do? <laughs> They're just going to sit there and just sit in front of the camera. Just sit there. Do nothing. That's all they have to it's do. Like, that you fan wanted base this. is the most rabid fan base I've ever seen. But I think CW is just legitimately frightened of what would happen if they canceled the show. <laughs> CW would be burned to the ground like it was a place. <laughs> like it was a building. <laughs> we would storm CW. I'm sure oh. like Jensen Ackles, Jared Padalecki, and Misha Collins are like, yeah, we'll collect a paycheck for another year. That's fine. No problem. Uh, we love the fans. Let's not upset them. Okay. So I always get the two of them confused. It's uh, Eccles. Eccles? That Ackles. is Ackles. That's Dean, right? Yes. Now, I, I don't think I've ever heard outside of Smallville from a long time ago his real voice. It doesn't sound like that, right? He throws on that raspiness. A little bit, yeah. I heard him on um, Jimmy Kimmel recently in an interview, and I was like, he's got a little bit more of Texas in his voice than he does on the show. Interesting. I'm just, I'm just curious. Like, does that hurt his his voice? Because he's been doing it for 14 goddamn seasons. I don't know. Ask Christian Bale. <laughs> That's he. He only did it a couple of times. So, oi, <laughs> oi. But look, it's we're happy to hear all of those shows. Some of them are a surprise. Some of yeah. them, like... It'll be the, uh, rumored to be the last, well, it it was confirmed to be, it'll be the last season of Crazy X. It's rumored to also be the last season of Jane the Virgin. Okay. All right. Which is But fine. this is, this is in, in response, I shouldn't even say in response. I'm, I'm assuming that they're being picked up because they deserve to be picked up, but they're also adding a day to their lineup, right? That's, that's right. CW. They need to hang on to their programming. So they needed a couple more shows to fill in for that sixth day because they're doing a Sunday to Friday run. Yep. So primetime run. So great. We get to see some more stuff. 
so happy. 14 fucking seasons of Supernatural. I cannot believe this. God almighty. All right. All right, let's wrap this up. Uh, Chris? Hey. You got a a spiel for me? Oh, that's what you mean by wrapping up. I thought there were like suddenly more news stories I didn't know about. No, that was it. That's it. I'm out. It's time time to, to wrap this bad boy up. Good evening and welcome to this. Oh, wait, that's the wrong script. <laughs> Stone Age Gamer podcast episode. Wait, wait, wait. You can get in touch with us at mail at geekade.com. <laughs> Thank that's you. That's it. <laughs> Have a good night. Oh, comedy. As well as all flavors of social media that we inhabit. You can like us on Facebook with both the Geekade page and the This Week's Episode page. You can find us on Instagram at Geekade. Subscribe to our YouTube and Twitch channels for all our latest video content. And follow us on Twitter at the underscore Geekade. Or follow this show specifically at Twepcast. You can find us individually on Twitter. I'm at Geekade Chris. That is Geekade K-R-I-S. Karen, where can people find you? Shoot underscore the underscore moon. And Evan, where can people find you? Geekade underscore Evan. Thanks, guys. If you're interested in more information about anything we discussed here tonight, be sure to check out our show notes. And while you're at it, you can also subscribe to this and any of our other wonderful podcasts on iTunes or Stitcher, where if you're super nice, you can leave us a review because any and all feedback is welcome and appreciated. Again, always remember to keep your eyes on geekade.com where we post something new all the time. Back to you, Evan. Thank you so much, sir. So I'm going gonna to try to air this out right now. Uh, this This weekend... Okay, the 7th and 8th? Is that, is that it? Because, yeah. Yeah! The 7th and 8th uh, is my, my show down at AC. So, Garden State Comic Fest, this coming weekend, if you listen to this current, um, we're going to be down in AC at the Showboat Casino, having a, a grand old time. Um, got some great guests. Uh, I get to hang out with, with Summer. <laughs> Summer Glau's going to be at my convention, guys. Um, but... With that being said, my week gets very, very busy, and my weekend gets even busier. So I'm going to pose it, throw it out there to you guys. If you guys want to record next week, you're going to have to do it without me. Or we could postpone. You could do each little side episode. So keep that in mind. With uh, It's Karen's turn, right? It is. So you do with it. I'm throwing that out there. If we want to wait, we'll say now that we're going to skip a week. If we want to do a, a supplemental, you guys want to do a supplemental, you can do a supplemental, or you can do the full episode, and then I get to listen to it for the first time when I'm editing it. We'll let you know. Okay. Karen, what's your pick? Well, my pick for the next time that we're all back together, hopefully it won't be too out of uh, current whatever, uh, <laughs> I would like for us, speaking of 14 seasons of Supernatural... <laughs> It was too good. We have to talk about season 13, episode 16, Scooby Natural. <laughs> I love the fact that they called it Scooby Natural. All right. And so, don't worry, Evan, you won't need to catch up on you know, anything of the current season for you to okay. know what's going on. Yeah, I watched it. And yeah, so. <laughs> All right. That's your homework, people. Supernatural. Season 13, episode 16, Scooby Scooby Natural. Nice. Good times. Sam and Dean animated. All right. That's it. That's all I got, people. Thank you so much for for listening and joining us this week. I hope to see any of you 
at my show this 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 coming weekend. Find me, Chris. Chris has a table there. He's going to be promoting uh, Geek Aid as well as shucking some wares, right, Chris? You got you got you got some stuff up for grabs for salesies. I do. I'm selling off a a bunch of the video game related paraphernalia I've collected over the ridiculousness that has been my life. And, yeah. Um, for those that don't that listen to Chris only on this TV podcast, Chris is a ridiculous video game head. And he does another show on he does another two video game related shows on this this fine fine website, uh Stone Age Gamer Podcast, as well as um what is it? Wave back. It's not behind the music. <laughs> Wave back, which is a, a video game music related podcast, which is a lot of fun. So check him out there. And uh, you can always find him at, at the show. Do you, do you have any idea? It's like 118. Is that your table? 119? Oh, I thought goodness. it was like 109. 109? I don't have the layout right in front of me. So it's in the 100 wow. section. And if you see a woman in her 30s with two small children looking like she really needs a drink, it's probably me. <laughs> Back away slowly. <laughs> no. Or Come bring her a drink. And bring me a drink. <laughs> So there it is, people. From all of us here at this week's episode, I'm Evan. I'm Karen. Race ya. <laughs> Good night. <laughs> Clearly, you have won. <laughs> and this concludes our broadcast day.